another world, another time in the age of wonder. You are listening to The Gathering Songs, The Dark Crystal Discussions. The story runs deeper than you know, and you are part of it. And what are those funny marks? This is all writing. What's writing? The words that stay. When single shines the triple sun, of your sunder and undone, shall behold the two made one. And here's your host, Philip Mitchell. Hello and welcome to The Gathering Songs. This is your Dark Crystal Discussions roundtable show as we discuss about the comic books, the young adult novels and much, much more. I'm your host, Phil Mitchell. Just want to say thank you so much for tuning in. And on this episode, we continue discussing about Shadows of the Dark Crystal. This is our third part of a five-part series of discussions. This episode was originally released as Trial by Stone, episode 37, and it was released on the 17th of June, 2017. So I hope you enjoy listening to this episode. If you're new to the show, I want to say thank you so much again. If you have listened to this episode before, um, stay tuned because we are going to be releasing new content um, as we're going to continue discussing um, the young adult novels as we move into um, with Song of the Dark Crystal discussions. So um, definitely stay tuned and hope you, but I hope you enjoy revisiting Shadows of the Dark Crystal Roundtable Discussion Part 3. Hello and welcome to Trial by Stone and this is episode 37 of the podcast for June 2017. We're back now to discussing about the uh, Shadows of the Dark Crystal. Um, it was actually pretty exciting just um, in the previous episode uh, when we uh, discussed a bit about the um, the big news about with the Netflix series um, that's happening with the Jim Henson company, um, The Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance. Um, so if you want to hear everything about all that, um, just listen to the previous episode. Um, but for today, we're going to go back to chatting about Shadows of the Dark Crystal, uh, which is a young adult novel uh, that was released last year um, by author J.M. Lee, um, who, uh, which was part of the, um, the very, very first contest uh, from the darkcrystal.com website, the, uh, the Dark Crystal Author Quest. Um, so, so far we've, we've discussed um, chapters 1 to 12 in our previous episodes. Um, so today we're going to chat from um chapter 13 to 17 and um yeah we'll go from here so um if you're new to the show um and if you haven't had a chance to check out shadows of the dark crystal um i i i recommend to to check it out and um and you know give it a read and then and then come come back to our shows and as we'll uh, be discussing about these books in in greater detail so uh Introductions to order. My name is Phil Mitchell. I am the co-host, and and I'll in, uh, introduce my other co-host, uh, Bland Garrett. Hello, Bland. Hello. Here we go with another round of shadows. Um, I would like to point out that um, the Shadows of the Dark Crystal book, by the time this recording is released, it is now available in paperback. So you can find that on Amazon or. Um, I'm sure other vendors online or in stores. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, which is very, very cool to see it. Um, yeah, that it's getting a paperback uh, release. Um, and then of course you've got the the sequel that'll be coming out uh, the following month, um, Song of the Dark Crystal. So lots of um, 
Dark Crystal it's Stories. July 18th. July 18th. So lots to look forward to with that. And of course, we've had to, we've got to have a couple of um, guests to, to come on board to, to continue chatting about the Shadows of the Dark Crystal. Um, first off, I'll introduce uh, to Peter M. Peter, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks very much for having me. It's great to be here again. And, um, and of course, we've got um, Douglas um, Fisher, but we here know him as the Fish, so thanks for being on board, Fish. Hey, my pleasure. Always good to be together. Appreciate you guys. Cool. And last but not least, uh, Andrea Judy. Andrea, just say thanks for um, coming back on the show. Yeah, I'm happy to be back. All right. So um, I, I guess we can get things started from um, uh, Chapter 13 of um, Shadows of the Dark Crystal. So what happens in the chapter is uh, they approach a river, thinking about building the raft, but then they sort of realize that there's, you know, it's a bit too dangerous for the cliffs. So they decide to continue the journey and they sort of realize that they crossed the river or they had to cross the river. And so they're sort of a bit lost at this um, point of the story, going in the wrong direction and had to turn around and all that kind of stuff. So um, so I had to go to the um, the dark woods at night. Well, wow, you really first... breezed through that. <laughs> <laughs> that was the whole book. You're talking right now. I was kidding. Um... Well, that was one of my questions is like, <laughs> I don't want to knock the characters for poor decision making, but at the dark woods at night, couldn't it just, you know, throw a tent <laughs> right. up, just wait it out till the morning. And they were warned about that. Yeah. Right. And I was like, no, now I was like, but hold on now, let's just talk for a moment. But uh, it wasn't meant to be clearly. So uh, it madness ensued. <laughs> so, so basically, Basically, what they what they had done is they they could see the river off in the distance, and they figured, okay, well we've got they want to avoid the the black woods or the dark woods, so they have to go up this uh, I guess hillside or mountainside to um, the cliff, and they discover that this broken tree, which was a a bridge, I guess, was no it was broken and like they could no longer pass and so they had to turn around and go back and that's when they realized that they're gonna have to go through the dark woods here and you know like they said she she was thinking about well when we get to the river you know i can i could build a raft easily um you know hopefully we can get there before nightfall um they, you know, they feel like they're they're so close, but then they have to turn around. And um, Kylan kind of dream etches this little symbol into the rock to kind of at their little fork in their path to let people know, hey, you shouldn't you shouldn't go. I don't I don't know what it read, and I don't think um, Naya even knew what it said, but just you know, it's a little warning not to go any further because you know they're not gonna. You're not going to get any further if you go along the path. Yeah, it's a trail marker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that part reminded me of like in Labyrinth when Sarah was drawing the arrows. <laughs> and they yeah. were just reaching up and turning them. I was like, this is just going to be another uh, instance of that where obviously it's not going to work out in their favor. <laughs> well, I mean, you wonder if maybe the hunter knows Gelfling symbols and has erased them. Right, just... exactly. Yeah, why not? Yeah, study them, yeah. That... I really love, though, when this started, like, the, I mean, I know it's a, a song story, 
but the symbolism as it keeps going about Jared Jen, right? And I know that's something you've probably discussed in previous chapters as well, but I mean, just the story is so interesting how much like the kind of weight, like it starts off like a little fantasy fun tale, right? But by the end, you're like, wow, maybe, you know, we are Jared Jen. Like maybe it feels so real, like they're walking out this fantasy and it's becoming real to them. What do y'all think about that? I've always thought that, you know, the classic definition of adventure is other people in trouble far away. It never seems to be happening to you, and this really brings it in. Well, it just gets to be so real to them there. I think it's like Naya or Naya comes to the point where she says, talking to Kyle and just saying, like, you know, just think what Jared Jen would do, trying to pump him up, you know. Uh, that's how yeah, I, know, I right. love that. Yeah, I well, love she that always... Naya's pumping that up with that. Well, it, it's she teases him along the way about him being a song teller. Uh, mm-hmm. But at the same, but at the same time, there's a reason for the songs, and she kind of catches on to that. Like, you know, these are these are stories that are meant to teach you lessons, and you know, we need to think about what's going on in these stories because it's going to help us along the way. Well, I think we start to get into that too, and in some of these chapters, I thought was really nice, where everybody has their place type of feel, right? I mean, that's a very Jim Henson theme, if there ever was one, to say the least, where you know, everybody plays a part in the bigger story. Well, along along their way, they also reflect on how there used to be a lot of podlin communities in the area, but they've dwindled a lot. Um, and they say that it's due to poor crops. But then, you know, there's also maybe a possibility that something's going on. Like maybe the yeah. hunter hunts more than the gelfling. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. So. Because I, I think, yeah, when I wrote my original notes on that little bit there, I was thinking whether they were referring to, um, you know, remember the Macrax from the Minor Monsters from the Creation Myths Volume 3? Yes. Um, whether, whether the Miners had, were the ones that destroyed. But, I mean, you could be right about, um, yeah, potential that it could be the hunter who could also be hunting, you know, yeah, the podlings, um, as well as Gelflings, so... So that could indicate that the Skeksis have already started to collect podling as well, um, even though even though they might not have any podling slaves um, throughout the castle um, because they still have Gelfling guards and they don't want to give away their secrets. It seems like maybe they're still collecting podlings for a reason, um, or it could be you know like we saw before with the um, hollowed out um, little dwelling that was in the ground. Um, it could be that the crystal veins are having an effect on them as, and so they're having to leave the areas um, and, and, and they leave swiftly, like they leave all their stuff behind and just they go. So it could be that they're either being captured or that they're, the, they're having to get away from these crystal veins that are running through th- um, the ground of Thra, which Naya still thinks is going towards the crystal and not from the crystal. Yeah, and um, I'm just trying to think. So, of course, you know, they go through the dark woods at night and Naya somehow, yeah, gets tangled by the, the tree vines. Oh, yeah, they're in the middle of the woods and all of a sudden they hear this, like, was, was it described as like a moan or a, a call of some sort and then everything goes quiet and they can kind of feel something moving around them or kind of like a... One Snake of the first life. views we get, like, we always know that the the land of Thra is alive, right? I mean, we know it's, like, Henson, Henson painted that picture for us in the actual film. But it's a little bit more, it's also active in, in this scene as well. It's not just alive. 
it becomes more of a character than ever before, I think, other than just being like, oh, you know, everything's breathing and living, and now it's also attacking. So I think that was just a, interesting to see that perspective from it. Yeah, I was really happy to see the plant sort of come to life in a not-so-friendly way. The, yeah, like Thraw, it's alive, it's living, things you don't expect, which was one of my favorite parts of the movie. So that was awesome to see coming more to life. And it didn't hurt her. I mean, you know, I, I was expecting, you know, the drawn and quartering of the vines, but they're, they're playing <laughs> match with her the whole time, which was kind of fun. It kind of reminded me of um, that scene in Harry Potter. Um, I think it's the Goblet of Fire where they're in that little labyrinth at the end um, of the Triwizard Cup or whatever it's called. And the vines are starting to get that one guy and they're, just like surrounding him and he's like trying to get away and they just keep wrapping around him and you know harry potter helps him out and he's like i thought for a second there it was gonna get me <laughs> actually reminded me of the womp tree as well you know it was just oh yeah here you are <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is what we're gonna do and it wasn't i don't think it was malicious as much as um their natural reaction like it, it didn't seem to me and that seemed to be you know they're trying to pull her limb from limb or, you know, throw her onto sharp rocks. It was just, oh, well, that happened. See, I took it more along the lines of the infection, right? Like with everything being infected by the, the, the vein or whatever it is that's, you know, got the illness. But, I mean, you may very well be right on that. I don't know. I think it's a interesting moment there. I just took it as more like, I don't know, of an attack rather than, than just playing around with them. But, hey, who knows? Either way, it wasn't a good – I would not want to be in her shoes. I'll say that. No, no, for sure. <laughs> well, it was almost like it, it was getting a feel for her thoughts because we find out later that it is, it's, well, do we know that it was the this tree or in the woods itself that gave her the visions or could it possibly be the actual hunter was there somewhere? And maybe he was manipulating the woods in some way. Because we do find out in Gelfling Gathering that the Skeksis have more power than we knew from the film. Um, in their younger a younger days, they had more um, mystical powers and abilities than we thought. Um, later on, there's a character that we that we're going to meet here soon that um, kind of reflects on that as well. He kind of talks about that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, so Naya, she, you know, she gets tangled up by the tree vines and loses Kayan. Um, and then, of course, you know, she manages to, to escape to try and find Kylan and reach the Black River as soon as she could. And um, then she hears a voice, which is revealed, you know, the, the character sort of appears and um, is revealed to be uh, Gurgen, um, Naya's uh, brother. So I guess, I mean, that, that was the thing that I sort of felt um, like, which we'll go into chapter 14, sort of the aspect of sort of this um, nightmarish visions. To, to me, it sort of reminded me a little bit of um, Snow White um, and the Seven Dwarfs, especially with the Disney animated film where, you know, when she's running through the forest and seeing all these like nightmarish sort of visions sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, that was just sort of my, my thing about um, <laughs> um, the whole scene with the, the dark woods. Well, the woods are always have always been a, a metaphor for 
uh, the unknown and the strange throughout history, you know, whenever human stories are told. Uh, humans uh, are always, you know, afraid of the woods, and that carries over, obviously, to the Gelflings as well, uh, in terms of, you know, they, they mentioned earlier in the chapter um, that they're familiar with the forest. So, you know, uh, for label a forest as a dark wood, then there's something unnatural about it. She also, they also go into this whole um, song of Thra, which, um, you know, is interesting because then the next book is actually called Song of the Dark Crystal. So she's, while she's in the forest or in the woods, she, she kind of, well, it says here she kind of uses her, her um, inner eyes. She opens her inner eyes and she tries to see and sense and everything and, and the, the song is like off. Like she can tell that there is something askew with everything. There's the harmony is off. Yeah, I love that they keep pulling it back to the song of, of Thra. I mean, that's the, it's kind of like the one thing that unites them all at the end of the day, which I kind of like. Yeah. But yeah, all of a sudden she meets Gurgen and we go into chapter 14. And everything is well. That's the end of the story. She finds her brother. It's a good book. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> <Love this book. laughs> the end. Um, not quite. Yeah, no, not I, quite. I, I know. Um, so basically, yeah, she encounters Gurgen and, um, and then, um, you know, Naya's asking him lots of questions and then Tavra appears and he's, you know, she's saying that, you know, that he's the traitor and, um, um, and then basically I think she sort of realizes that, you know, this isn't, they're not being well, at first she thinks, and, Yeah. Well, at first she thinks that he has been um, kind of harmed by the crystal veins, that he looked into it um, deeper. Like, like she almost did it at first and kind of like backed out of it in a way, but. He, she thinks that he's been dark, like a like one of the darkened creatures that she's come ac- come across. Like she thinks that Gurgen himself has been kind of darkened. And at first, I thought, well, maybe he had his essence drained. Um, but then suddenly he disappears, and Tabra's there. Yeah, it's an odd little scene here, just being haunted. I think by, I mean, obviously, it's like the. The dark wood is out to get her, you know, no matter what. And it's just another way she could, that, that, that it can like manipulate her brain and cause fear. I mean, that's and, and confusion, right? Which keeps you there longer. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So overall, you know, and then Tyra, she says, you know, you're not strong enough to save him now run just like he did. And then that's sort of when it sort of reveals that, um, Nae's, uh, body was telling her to take the opportunity and escape this all awful place filled with the nightmarish um apparitions um so yeah that was sort of revealed that yeah they were just sort of just nightmarish visions um well and to go to go into that um we were well i'll I'll bring this up later after we meet the tree after we meet the tree cool cool Yeah, yeah. yeah no worries uh yeah so basically yeah i mean she's running through the dark wood and um well, while she's running, she sees more shadows, and all the shadows start to turn into these different apparitions and forms, and then suddenly she sees this, and they're all from her past, like things that she's already seen, and then all of a sudden, boom, there's this four-armed, 
monster-like creature that she's never seen before. Yeah, and of course, I think she uh, sees uh, like figures of um, her family as well, her mom, her father, her sisters. Yeah, shouting, crying, echoing through the depths of the woods as she raced to escape it. Um, some she recognized and some were strange. Well, and he also, he voices, says, right? Oh, go ahead, Brian, I'm sorry. Oh, I was just I was just saying that when when she was talking to Gurgen, um, he even says, you know, I'm the traitor, and she's like, what What is wrong with you? What are you talking about? And then it goes into all this other stuff, like you know, the all Madra, the Madra, and all these things. Yeah, then it turns into voices, right? I mean, she's even just hearing voices as she's running, right, and trying to find Kylan, I suppose. And the one thing is, I must rejoin the heart of Thra, is like the main thing. I must mm-hmm. rejoin the heart of Thra. So yeah, it's almost like the, the, the dark that's calling out for help itself, right? I mean, is that is that what you all got from it? Well, I think she actually says that later on. Like she kind of catches on to that, like it that it lets out another moan. Well, well, they come somehow. The well, she meets back up with Kylan and Nietzsche's with him, and so then they're the vines kind of come after him again, and it. It, it kind of leads them to this little clearing. And then this clearing is a just a singular tree. And they can kind of tell that this is like, this tree is basically the dark woods itself. It was the first sprout. It, it, and from, from it spread the dark woods. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, the old... And, and it, yeah, go ahead. Well, they hear that, that moan again, that, that kind of calling again and it's it's kind of like they realize that it's actually calling for help like somehow the woods guided them there so that they could be with this tree but they also noticed another little thing off to the side that has four branches and it you know it's, it's kind of off mm-hmm. from the rest of the forest well and now we get to see Naya you know dream fast with with the tree even, and that's I don't know. I think I think we mentioned earlier something about you know, previously in the film, all we knew is that Gelflings can dream fast of one another, right? I mean, I'm sure this has been discussed, but I just think it's interesting that that she can still do that with the planet as well. And I think maybe she's different, right? Is that is that the feel that you all got as well? Or either that. I mean, she, I was she, just going to say either that. Or either that, or it's a, an unknown power that can be taught, like right. other, you know, like the dream writing and the. You know, tightening your stitches and your sewing and <laughs> right. different things. Yeah, it is a very interesting aspect. Like um, with the whole dream fasting, um, yeah, that that's sort of been a bit more expanded with the um, with the books and um, and also too with the um, the comic as well. Um, the Power of the Dark Crystal. Where we had um, uh, Therma who uh, sort of wasn't dream fasting, but it was sort of she can, fire she... fast or. <laughs> fire fast yeah <laughs> um with, with with a little creature or what or whatnot um so yeah yeah no, it's, it's very I do, interesting. Love, yeah, yeah. I do love this scene though where nay is like i'm gonna dream fast with it here hold my bola and kind of like i don't know if that's the best idea i mean you've seen me throw this thing it's it's not pretty <laughs> yeah if there's danger grab a bowler make the best of it um yeah, well, and she even worse. She even cuts into the roots and the vines and shows him, "Hey, these purple veins are running through this. It's right. like they've grown into the forest." 
So yeah, basically, yeah, had the same purple crystal veins as the Nebri and the Rafnor that she uh, attempted to dream fast, but failed. But then I think the third time's the charm. <laughs> so um, yeah, I mean, because I guess it mentions in the chapter she had let the Nebri down, the Rafnor. She was about to let the Darkwood down too. If she could calm the chaos in its heart, they could finish their journey in peace. And maybe she hoped coming a step closer to understanding just what was happening in their world. And then, but out of all that, it sensed her contact and with a hung hungry, maddened surge of energy, it, it lunged to swallow her whole. Yeah, swallowed Naya, and yeah, she falls down through the tree. Which, yeah, I guess, you know, we're up to chapter 15 and... Um, well, the tree itself didn't swallow her whole. It was just that surge of energy kind of encompassed her. Yeah, we, we probably would, what, through, through the crystal veins and whatnot, or... Just mentally, right? Mentally, she got yeah, sucked into yeah. the, ma the matrix yeah. of the tree. Mm. Uh, fell into the tree's consciousness. But then it's like, she kind of, yeah, like she goes into this dream fast with this tree, and it's like, um, it's like she doesn't, you know, trees can't see, and she asks it, you know, show me, and but it can't really show her, so she just kind of like feels and listens, and she gets she basically gets the whole history of the tree's life. Like it was the first sprout and you kind of get this feel like at this one point where the tree, the forest itself and the tree, which is like, I guess the heart of the forest actually felt the crystal crack. And then that song of Thra, when it started up again, it was off. So it's kind of it's kind of neat how she kind of goes in through like the history of Thra through how this tree felt it. And she talks about how like the the moments like well that's when we go into one of those um, oh it's one of those words for time minutes minutes seem to pass like seconds. Um, as Thra orbited its three suns, some trine cooler and some warmer as the suns changed configurations at the center of the system. So it's almost like um, she's speeding through time and feeling the trees, the forest's life within just moments. Yeah. Like, so, like, like for me visually, I could sort of imagine it being like a very time lapse sort of thing, seeing the the passage of time at an incredible rate until you know the moment the crystal cracked, and then hearing the the tree, you know, crying out, "I was not strong enough," cried in its silent voice, which also in this chapter came with an illustration from uh, Corey Godby. Yeah, so nice, uh, yeah, visual aspect of her dream fasting with the Oyeki Staba, the the first tree of Thra. And we call it the, the cradle tree. Yes, the cradle tree. Yeah, yeah. I think there's something beauty, like beautiful, in like the simplicity of uh, when she's, you know, it's like that old saying, like even if you could talk to a lion, you couldn't understand it because its perspectives are so different. You know what I mean? That kind of idea. And uh, the only one real thought that it seems to be able to get out is I'm I must rejoin the heart of Thra. And in her mind, you can tell, you know, it says she's let me help you. How can I bring you peace? And like all I can say is I must rejoin the heart of Thra. You know what I mean? So I think there's something nice about that. Like it, I think it paints a picture for me, like how important that song is, right? How important the harmony is. 
um, because that's the only thing that the, the tree cares about. You know, I mean, it's kind of a it's kind of nice to see, I think. Yeah, here it is in the description. It's um, then without warning, Thrug cried out and its song for a moment went quiet in shock, which is, of course, when the crystal cracks. And then we have the white veins of crystal blood melting into the dark amethyst that made Naya shudder. The soil blackened and where the cradle's tree's roots touched the veins, tiny sprouts of dark and darkness blossomed. Thra's song resumed, but it was injured, confused, broken, flaws somewhere from a deep wound that bled emptiness into its eternal refrain. I was not strong enough. That that just you reading that right there reminded me of uh, the Never Ending Story when the rock biter holds. Mm. I don't know if you ever say he says these hands. Yeah. You mm. think they're so strong, you know, you couldn't hold on to. It kind of reminds me like as the nothing uh, of this story is kind of infecting Thra, that the tree is kind of you know feeling d- depressed, uh, for lack of a better word, about the fact that it couldn't help, even though it knew that Thra needed a single tear. <laughs> yeah, and then and the tree was just it's been poisoned for trying and trying right yeah i love that here you really see how interconnected thra is and how integral this song is to everything well and because what we don't know that lies underneath this this ground and the soil and you know which is Mm -hmm. the planet itself is that the planet has all these crystal veins that run through it and i mean as we know the castle itself i mean you can't tell in the film until the very end but the castle itself is crystalline it's all the lesser crystal that surrounds the main heart which is the you know the 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 crystal i don't want to call it the dark crystal because you know if you think of it as just being the heart um but you have the castle which was actually carved from the this mountain of crystal and then all these veins run through the entire planet and so everything is in harmony until the crystal cracks. Mm-hmm. But then Naya finds Naya, Naya finds a song, right? And shares it with the tree. Mm-hmm. Yes. And heals it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know Indeed. if she heals it entirely, but she helps it quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. yeah, I mean she's yeah, she says, I tried to heal it. I think I think it worked. And and then that's when they hear a, a sound approaching. The sound of cracking wood drew their attention over the rising song of the awakening forest. And, um, yeah, deep rumble, uh, an earth, an unearthly monster stepped out from the remains, the brittle gray wood encasing. Described as, you know, four spidery arms with enormous hands and big blunt fingers shielded with square yellowed nails. It shook its entire body, releasing a low resonant cry. And I saw it as the forearm monster from her vision during her fo- fo- flight through the wood. A monster. A monster. A monster. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so um, I guess... That- Interesting way to describe that creature once we find out what it is. I, never, I mean, from the film, you would never think, oh, there's a monster. No, no. I mean, yeah, it was one of those things where it's like reading it, you know, I thought, oh, is this the hunter? Um and then yeah, we find out in um chapter sixteen um that it's um um Irva, the the mystic. The archer. The yes. archer, yes, yeah. yeah. But at this point we kinda still think that he might be the hunter and that maybe they were mistaken. But I mean right. we all know that what is it? 
Dick yeah. Maul, the hunter. Yeah. So we we know that he's not the hunter, but it kind of they kind of think, well, maybe all the tales were wrong, and this might be the hunter. Who knows? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, who knows? They've never seen anything like it. Yeah, I always get confused, right. I think, with um, Skekvar because I think Skekvar, he, he sort of has a very similar sort of bone-like mask as well. So I always get Skekvar and Skekmal um, <laughs> confused. Um, Skekvar is the general. The yeah. general, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I always thought of him as, yeah, I think it's just, just and a, is, a similar mask sort of, yeah. <laughs> and Skekvar is, uh, Skekvar is Urva's counterpart, right? Um, the general. Yeah, I think um, so. Yeah. Is is whose yeah. counterpart? Uh, Urva. Um, the archer, and his counterpart is is Skekmal the hunter, isn't it? Uh, is it? I, I, so. I thought. Yeah, I I think I think he is. Yeah. I'm actually at darkcrystal.com right now. Here, let me see. His yeah, the Skekmal the hunter. His counterpart is Urva the archer. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Uh, well, and to go into these apparitions that they were they were shown in the in the woods. Um, so here we find out that this apparition that she saw um, may have been this Uru, um, Skek, Ur, Urval. And um, what what I want to point out is that in um, the Gelfling Gathering PDF. In the description for Skekzok, his power that we didn't know about is that he can create false apparitions. So there's a possibility that Skekzok may have been in the dark wood with them. And that's how they saw these images. Just something something that I thought about because I was like, I know one of these Skeksis, you know, Skekzok, he can make apparitions. So was it actually the dark wood that was giving them these visions? of um because i mean if how did 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 the dark woods know that um did it by tossing her around did it kind of like get a feel for her and her memories and that's how it was able to manipulate and show her these different people from her past or was this another power that she didn't know about could it have been skekzok that's what that's what popped into my head. It's always nice to have a gray area to play in. Because mm-hmm. you know, as I as I do every time we do these roundtables, I haven't read past chapter seventeen. <laughs> I like to keep the discussion kind of fresh. I don't want to know what the end is yet. So here they are with this big scary thing that they've never seen before, and it she um, throws a bowl at it, and he instantly catches it and they're thinking and she gets her knife ready and she's like you know what is going to happen here and he's like hey <laughs> come, come with me I'm, I'm i'm hungry i've been trapped here for a while i need to go get some food <laughs> yeah i love that naya relaxes the second nietzsche is like yeah it's fine right like yeah nietzsche nietzsche isn't worried naya's not worried it's fine yeah, because he says, you know, I came to help Oyeki Stabber, I did, and I failed. Seems the cradle tree could be healed by Gelfling Hand or else by none. Done, done. Little wink. A little, I oh know there's a couple of winks in this chapter um, to do with the 
the uh, the prophecy. And I like the sort of that little, sort of almost like a little Olga moment, you know, is like when the Irvar is like having thoughts, thoughts that I'll eat you. He chuckled. <laughs> yeah, I, I, no, I couldn't. I actually was hearing a lot of this voice, like in the voice of Agra for some reason. It sounded like <laughs> the pace, the timing, like the playful, like morbidity of it was very Agra like. I wonder if they, maybe they've been hanging. They've been hanging out too much. My thought is that he, he was was unable to stop the vines from encompassing him, and that by doing so, he was basically covered in tree bark and these vines. And when um, Nea healed the um, the tree, the Oyeka. Is it Olyeka Staba or uh, Olyeka Staba? Um, but yeah, he knows that he can, he he knows that she's the one that healed the tree, and and that's how he was able to get free. He he was actually trying to help the tree himself, but he was unable yeah. to. Yeah, it didn't work out. Yeah, so yeah, they they do decide to yeah go back with Irva, have some supper. Yeah, I mean that you know they're sort of back and forth saying you know do we have a choice? Yes, yeah, so our our other choice is to sleep in the wood and see what other monsters come crawling out of it. But then, yeah, so the, the approval from Nietzsche as well. I think it was in this scene that there was another little sort of nod, maybe it was the next chapter, um, to do the um, the Great Conjunction. I think it was the following chapter. No, it's it's at the end of 16. So end one, of 16, yeah, 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 yeah. I went, this is one thing I actually, uh, I'm no critic, all right, but this actually bothered me quite a bit about this. I went to look it up. I went to look at the scene, and maybe it doesn't have to be the same, but it says when singles shine, I've been repeating this to myself for 20 years because I love this whole prophecy. And the prophecy in the film is when single shines the triple sun, right? But we see mm-hmm. it here, and it's spoken when single shine the triple suns, which grammatically that can make some sense. I get that. But I thought that was interesting that it um, was not the same as what was in the film. And again, maybe it doesn't have to be, but you know, I'm a purist, I suppose at the end of the day. And I was well, like, Hey, that's not right. At this point, it's not the prophecy yet. Right. It's not this is stone, just, right. this yep. is just an Uru that you said set in stone, literally. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, the, this, this, this Uru, like this is just, the I guess the Uru way of describing in their simple language that, no, that makes you know, sense. the great conjunction is when single shine, the triple sun. All right. And Irva, you're off the hook. You're off the hook. Irva. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause at this point there's no prophecy at all, even no, though no. that's yeah. written on his wall. It's, it may just be a saying that happens to go, you know, become part of the prophecy. Eventually. Yeah, maybe we're seeing the first draft of the prophecy. It still right. needs to go through some edits. Got to send it to his editor. The teacher has to look at it. It's, mm-hmm, it's, a, whole, mm-hmm. it's a whole thing. It's a whole process. Well, and- Agra yeah. has to approve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Agra gets it. Like, wouldn't it flow better if it said? Yeah, Agra pulls out the red pen. It's it's great. <laughs> B minus. Gelflings, try again. <laughs> Please resubmit. Yeah. Thinks he can write. <laughs> and and th- that was another thing, like, grammatically, um, that, that I sort of thought, you know, with the mystics' names and, um, yeah, with the mystics' name in particular, because it's, you know, the name's Ervar, um, and say at the start of the sentence, you know, it's actually, on, you know, lowercase u, 
then then lowercase r, then capital V and capital A, whether it's meant to have a capital U at the start or whether that's just... Well, throughout World world of the Dark Crystal and the novelization of the film, it's it's always been a lowercase u. It's always been u. And, then yeah. it's, a, and it's, an, oh, it's a lowercase s in front of all the Skeksis' names. So, you know, Skeksok would be a lowercase s. Yeah, I think. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was just one of those, yeah, I was curious about that. I, I was, yeah, I thought that might have been the case that, you know, all the names with the Skeksis. But see, yeah. I always thought, <laughs> I always thought that even if, it's a proper noun and it has a lower case at the beginning, like Irva, that even even though it's it's a lower case, if you start a sentence, that sentence should still sh- start with an upper case, mm. which is what I always thought. Yeah. You know, here throughout this, it's always lower case. Yeah. Even if it starts a sentence. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, and the then we'll be happy to hear our critique. <laughs> yes, JM. JM's sitting there with the pen, like, oh, that's what I should do. Okay. Yeah, but he's not the he's not the editor. <laughs> we'll get through to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> but okay, so here we find out that Irva um, knows that she's from this, you know, the the Sog, and he's like, hey, I'm Smurf. You know, I know that tree. I was there when it was little. And I'm sure it's big enough now that, you know, you all can hang from it. And she said, well, it's Mirthstaba. So here we find out that, you know, trees actually have, I guess, their names always end in Staba. Because mm. you have Olyeka Staba and then you have Smirthstaba, mm-hmm. which is like this main tree. And I don't want to mention it again, but in Avatar, they have like their great tree. Yeah. <laughs> they have all their little <laughs> clans. You know, that's and I mean, hey, when you've got these different clans and stuff. And some things pop up. Yeah. Oh, maybe I'm, I'm just. It just makes me think of these trees can actually communicate. I mean, that they have the same sort of surname, if they're able to communicate with each other. Um, but I mean, you know, in Thrive, well, see, that's all how connected, it is. So that's how it is in Avatar. They have those roots that go through, and you know, it's basically like. And and in, in the creatures in Avatar can actually communicate with the trees themselves by connecting their little, their little dream fast tentacles. Uh Oh, what did I say? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. It's all all clear to me now, Bland. I never made the. (laughs) And so, yeah. And so they, they actually do see something on the wall about the, um, the great conjunction, um, written, um, at Irvell's, um, little place. Um, and then, yeah, they, they both, you know, fall asleep well he kind of he kind of can't describe what this thing is on his wall to make it clear to them and doesn't he just say it represents time yeah yeah, yeah. and it's it, and it's kind of cool because he's he's got this little dwelling and the way it's described is he's got like little trinkets and little stones you know it's just like the the mystic valley they all have their little caves and they've got all these like little trinkets and amulets and things like all over the place and because there was a bit of a nod here it's like you know we're, we're saying you know, she wondered what kind of words the wall held songs messages perhaps a record of history or a prophecy of the future um so yeah a couple of little nods we also find out he's yeah. Irva is a smoker <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah he pulls out a pipe yeah yeah he's like just sitting there like like the caterpillar from 
Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> I actually got a very Gandalf vibe from him. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And here, this is interesting too, because here we find out that the Uru don't stay together. They separated. Yeah. They, they're not in the valley yet. Yeah, just a but, bit all over the place. Yeah. Weren't they in the valley in creation myths? I'm pretty certain they were in chapter three. Yeah. Because Volume remember, three. that's when, yeah. Yeah, that's when the Gelfling and the Podling kind of they go to the met place, the Aru. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, the valley. So at some point, the Aru decided to separate themselves and go off in their own little areas. Well, and maybe which I kind of thought was trying. Maybe it's the effort to try and heal Thra, right? I mean, who knows? Mm. Could be. Yeah. Yeah, just their own sort of they journeys. Come. Yeah. Head out in every direction and see what sick tree you can find. Yeah. Because, I mean, I mean, at this stage, they don't really... I don't know if they know if they've... Well, I'm just trying to think if they know about the whole they're going to wait a thousand years. I guess they would. I, see, I mean, the prophecy wasn't existed then, but I don't know if whether they knew that it would be a very long time before they'd be able to reconnect. Well, they probably knew it would be until another great conjunction, so... Yeah. They are wise. He said, uh, we all went our separate ways after the separation, divided, then divided again. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess it would just be interesting to see, yeah, what, you know, more, um, if we see other other mystics and, you know, in following stories and whatnot. Um, he, de- he describes the, he describes the, the, the writing on the raw, on the wall, it's, it is a time, I suppose, um, or a door. A time or a door or an awakening. Yes, something like that. <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> Kylan's like, those aren't nearly the same. Like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Thank God, thank God he cleared it up. That's, that's, what, that's what I love. The, Perhaps he's not the I hunter, that, uh, but, yeah. but he certainly may be mad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Kylan, it's just, a, and it's a point he's like, uh, Kylan, Irvile pointed to the shape that Kylan to call the Great Conjunction, then took a sip of his ta. And said nothing more. It's like, hmm, see that on the wall? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, there it is. Yeah, it's right there. That's a thing. <laughs> well, and during all this, well, during all this, while Kylan is reading this, he is, he's doing this hum and rubbing his, you know, rubbing his chin. And I kept picturing, like, you know, like he's just sitting there, like, like, oh, the Skelfling is reading all this. And he's just like, oh, <laughs> doing his big, long oh. Uru moan. You know. It's like starts off as like a, like a, hmm. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? Sorry, this is the way uh, us mystics think. I apologize. It's, it's awkward when I have company. I like the, I like the contrast between uh, Kylan and Maya. It's uh, she is in reading, but she has the intuitive thought. She wondered what kind of words the wall held songs, messages, perhaps a record or history of history or a prophecy of the future. So even though she's not reading it, she intuits that there might be something there about the future. It's almost like what's on his wall is a prophecy of the prophecy. Yeah. Right. It's kind of first draft. <laughs> the first draft, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so after all that, you know, they they go to sleep and then wake up in uh, chapter seventeen. 
So, so basically, you know, they, they wake up and they're, you know, pretty much about to head back, head to the Black River. And while Kylan is um, cleaning himself out, up while uh, Irvar shows Naya how to shoot with a bow and arrow. Yeah, I kind of like the, the, the scene between um, Naya and, um, and Irvar, especially, you know, when he's talking about um, carry too much. If you have a stone in each hand, you don't have room for a fifth. Yes, yeah. For, Which, and for a Gelfling, for a Gelfling be a would be a third. Yes, yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, again, again in this chapter, there's an illustration there with um, Irvar and Naya and, and Nietzsche sitting on a rock. Yeah, yeah, with Irvar showing showing her, you know, using a bow and arrow. And then she sort of realizes, well, not realizes, but, you know, she's kind of like, well, I'm probably going to need a Gelfling version of, of a bow and arrow, so... Um, yeah, he lets her kind of hold on to it and study it. and. Yes, yeah. And she really likes it, and 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 she goes into detail about how intricate these arrows are handmade, and all the heads are different, and they're made of different materials, and um, the even the like the feathers and things on the end, they're all just it's so meticulous, and she's like, and Nietzsche, her hunting eel, which actually like goes after bola whips and stuff when the when the drenching are fight or hunting um Nietzsche wants to go and get him and she just kept thinking like well when he's not looking I'm gonna go down and get these arrows and that's when he's like talking about hey you don't need your worldly possessions it's fine I'll make more they they've returned to Thra I really like that yeah yeah because I was like yeah, you know it was a great Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say, yeah, just, you know, because, yeah, he sort of says about, you know, even when they lose arrows, he's like, oh, don't worry, I'll, I'll make some more. And, yeah, you know, they're now part of Thry now, so. Well, it's like a beautiful lesson. I mean, it really shows the wisdom, I think, there. And, like, I don't think Naya can really understand, like, wh- why. It's like, it's 10 feet away, man. Let me go get the bow. And, you know, it's just, ah, uh, Gelfling, little Gelfling. Just, just let it go. They were, they were but pebbles, you know. I mean, it's just trying to really get that message across, and I think that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It has that that phrase there: "What we surrender, we may be given; what we lose, we may find again. For every one, there is another." Da 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 da. da, da. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it. Yeah, the dialogue. Yeah, from um, uh, from Irvaz, Yeah. Um, yeah, I just love it. So, um, I still like Naya's like response to that. She's like, well, that doesn't really help me, man. I'm trying to find my brother. So I don't want to let that go. Uh, she can't, she can't quite comprehend it yet. I mean, it's the truth for another day, but in her mind, she's just like, if I'm letting it go, then what do I care about? You know, it's just the the hard reality of trying to understand that truth. Well, here's where, where he, she, she asks him about the apparitions in the forest and the cradle tree's magic. And uh, she said, I heard voices last night saying horrible things, but those were just part of the cradle tree's magic, right? Echoes of my fears trying to scare me into the loneliness, the way the crystal veins had done to the tree. And he said, yes and no. And she's like, well, those are opposites. And he said, well, some things are. He said, listen, Oyeka Staba's magic can only show us what is already there. 
what was already there. If you heard it, someone said it. If you saw it, someone did it. But remember, words can take on many forms. It's like, then, then are you saying what I heard was true? Are you saying it was only in my mind? <laughs> you're just like, look, it's a, you're only going to get riddles here, ma'am, okay? This is not going to be a yes or no. <laughs> yeah, he just says, going to answer words, you can take, questions. Yeah, words can take on many forms, and that's all he said. So he does. He basically does kind of say, yeah, the tree was the one that gave you these visions. But I'm still kind of wondering, like, could there have been something in that would, like, could Skeksok have been there, like, manipulating the tree in some way? Oh. Well, had Gurgen been had Gurgen been there before and said these things? That's something I thought of. Like, because I mean, Gurgen and Tavra, and um, I mean, I had visions of um her family, but I'd presume they'd never gone into the dark wood. I think that's that was probably sure. her mind seeing them. Well, the. The Skeksy would have to know about her past. I mean, if Skegzog knew knew about, um, he knows Gurgen, I'm sure. And if he knew that she was on this journey, um, he, he maybe he like, but but if he didn't know that it was her, how did he reach into her mind? Does does he do they also have that power? Yeah, because with Skekok, um, he's the one who does all the books and stuff, and I don't think they've ever gone to Sog. You know, to count how many gaflings are there. No, not Skek-Ock. Uh, Skek-Zok. Skek-Zok, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Skek-Zok yeah. is who I've been talking about. Yeah, yeah, The gotcha, ritual yeah. master. Ah, yes, yeah. Who is Sorry about that. Crystal yeah, Bats yeah. Fly. He was, he was one of the... You had the... The the Skeksis, when they vied for power for Emperor, you had the three that were up for it were Chamberlain, um, the Gartha Master, and the Ritual Master. And when the ritual master realized that it was actually going to be between Skeksil and um, Skekong, yes, um, he you you actually see it in the film. He backs, he takes a step back. He's like, okay, I'm gonna let this happen. They can do their thing. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, um, you know, they they meet up with Kylan and um. They have uh, they have breakfast, I guess, uh, berries and leaves, some tar. <laughs> I think it was just tea. It, they actually describe them as bland. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw that. Thought of you actually when I saw that, brother. That was funny. Well, my name is a proper noun; it's not an adjective. Okay, yeah. no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bland's got beef. Yeah. Bland's got beef with this book, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and and so um, yeah, he. Us says, you know, if you know, if if she learned to use that thing, um, um, and they, you know, sort of you're saying, you know, doesn't use arrows for hunting, then it's like, well, what's it for then? You know, picking his teeth doesn't have, doesn't he have bones for that? <laughs> and so basically, this is basically when they're about to head off. Well, with Irva saying, um, um, someone is looking for you. Well, that's that's after after they leave. They like they're like, "Hey, can you show us the way to the river?" And he or can you tell us how to get to the river? And he's like, "Yeah." And he just kind of like starts trudging along, and it's like, "Oh, I guess we're supposed to follow him." And they they go along, and they talk about how he's got this. He's not slow, but he's got a good pace, and the creatures kind of land on him and fly away, and and he's like, "Hey, someone's someone's looking for you." 
And the way that they, the way they describe it, it sounds to me like it's someone on a Landstrider. Yeah. Oh, definitely, yeah. 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 What it yeah. looks like. So here, to go back to Skekzok possibly being in the woods and making these apparitions, did he send one of the Gelfling soldiers to go find them? Yeah. Of course, I haven't read the rest of the book. No, so no, I'm, I'm... That's answer. <laughs> that was my thought. Like, maybe it was a Gelfling, like one of the castle guards on a Landstrider sent by Skekzok who was actually in the woods causing these apparitions. Yeah. Um, I guess, you know, we'll have to find out. Um, cliffhanger. Yes, cliffhanger. The, the cliffhanger. It could be. <laughs> yes. I'll, t- yep. I'll tell you like Irva, it may or may not be. Mm. <laughs> but yet it is everything at once. Those are opposites, fish. Those are opposites. <laughs> Listen here, brother. Those Believe are it, son. Believe it. So then they leave to go to the Black River, and um, and of course Irva says his uh, goodbyes to them. Sorry, do we ever find out why he uses the arrows? Why is he the archer? Uh, we haven't seen it in this chapter, at least. Oh, so we do find out. Okay. Well, I haven't read past either, but I do the same thing because oh. I don't want to spoil myself. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think he just he's just happy to shoot arrows into the night. You know, he's just that kind of guy. But why? <laughs> <laughs> and I see to protect the of the Yeah. Uh, like when, when they said, you know, may we meet again, even if it be in a different form. So, sort of, you know, it's like, well, what do you think that meant? I don't know. He seems very wise, but what good is wisdom when it can't be understood? I didn't understand half of what he told us this entire time. Then Kylan's like, oh, maybe it'll make sense later. <laughs> yeah, there's your answer right there, Blaine. The vagueness. Do you think this is like an Uru thing? Like, because you have Ursu that says, uh, may we meet again um, in another life, not again in this one. Like, is that just an Uru thing? Like, hey, maybe we'll meet again, whether it be in this life or another one. Like, right. they don't they say said. goodbye. They say until we till we meet again. Hmm. Yeah. Get her alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I think that they'll probably um, yeah wrap up the um, the discussion for uh, Shadows of the Dark Crystal, um, chapters thirteen to seventeen, and um, and of course we'll um, continue on doing more discussions uh, in future episodes. Um, so yeah, I and think, remember yes, remember an archer knows the path of an arrow from either end. <laughs> <laughs> Until next week. Yep. Uh, Hunter knows when he's being hunted, okay? Yep. <laughs> oh, cool. Um, all right. So, yeah, we'll wrap it up. Um, and I just want to say, um, uh, uh, just to ask uh, you all where, where we can find you. So, um, Andrea, just thanks for being on the show. And how can people uh, find you? Uh, I'm on most social media sites under the name Judy Blackcloud. So, come find me. Cool, cool, cool. And, uh, and yourself, uh, Peter? Uh, best way to find me and what I'm up to currently is on my website, dwimsaga.com. That's D-W-I-I-M-Saga.com. Excellent. And, uh, and yourself, uh, Fish? Yeah, you can find me at facebook.com slash fishrocksmusic. And uh, feel free to just send me all the emails and messages you would like. I want thousands of them. 
Well, spread the word. And, uh, and of course, yourself, uh, Bland. How can people find you? Um, you can find me on Facebook, Bland Garrett. Um, I'm very active in the Dream Fasting um, Dark Crystal Experience Facebook group. Um, I'm on Twitter, at Blandarella. Um, soon, I will have my at Habitabad reopened because now that I have the Habitabad domain and I'll be able to get the website back up, I will also have access to the email and we'll be able to change the Twitter password and get back into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, which is, which um, is great news. And I, yeah. yeah. I do thank everybody for, you know, participating in the Facebook group. Um, which again, yeah, they're big supporters of the show. Um, so I definitely suggest you check them out. And of course you can find me just, um, through, um, uh, the trial by stone uh, Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash dark crystal podcast um, the Twitter handle is at dark crystal pod uh, you can find me personally on Twitter at Philip Mitchell uh, Philip with one L and um, yeah and so I think that wraps it up and um, yeah stay tuned for more um, episodes of uh, trial by stone <laughs>